Industry Minds, the podcast that discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Scarlett Maltman. And today we are joined by one of my best friends, Karis Murray. Now, the reason I wanted to start this podcast was because Karis was the first person I actually ever openly spoke to about mental health issues and how difficult the industry was. So I'm so excited to have her to chat today, as I'm sure she won't mind me saying her journey has been a tough one and she is absolutely amazing and the biggest inspiration that I've ever had uh, for various reasons which you'll probably find out more today and um, she is someone I've always admired and looked up to due to her constant emotional strength so without further ado hello Karis hello how are you today I am really good thank you how are you I'm good I'm good um we're gonna play a little game to start a word association game are you ready yes yes I think yeah? so okay. yes first question family love Pizza. Yummy. Christmas. Tree. Tinder. Disgusting. (laughs) Uh, Point shoes. Sore. Musical theatre. Love of my life. Oh yeah. (laughs) London. Busy. You'll like this one. Crocs. Atrocious. Have you ever owned Crocs before? I can proudly say I've never owned a pair of Crocs. Oh, what? I've got a, well, I did have a pink pair. <laughs> Burn them. <laughs> Does it not remind you of Knightswood? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So the first question this week may seem like a little bit of an odd one. Uh, so I suffer from dyscalcia, which isn't that well known, I don't think anyway. Um, so this is exactly like dyslexia, but with numbers. And it's something which has had a huge effect on me mentally whilst growing up and even to this day. Um, I struggle a lot with it. It causes me anxiety, stress and extreme confusion in certain cir- circumstances. Um, so Karis, you openly and proudly have dyslexia. Alexia and dyscalcia, right? Yeah, Yay. got them all. Oh, I got it all. <laughs> I'm the same. I got it all. Um, so how has this affected you throughout the years and how has it shaped who you are today? Um, I think it goes way back to when I was younger because I think that that was where my kind of confidence issues and myself kind of started. Um. When I was younger, well, so I've been told, not that I can really remember, um, I was a bit of a crazy kid, like, always loud, like, just, like, full of life, like, happy child. Um, and then I went to school, and, like, I struggled a bit, but I obviously didn't know why. I thought I was just, like, stupid and different from my classmates. Um, and, obviously, it made me hate going to school, so, obviously, I was turning a bit miserable as a child Mm. um and I would start getting having to get work home and stuff because I was too slow and I couldn't finish it anyway my my parents are amazing um and they they obviously they knew a lot about dyslexia and stuff so they got me tested and obviously like at the time I was like oh like I don't want to be that weird child with with these difficulties um I just want to be normal, like, just like all my friends and don't want to be in the bottom group. I think it was, like, the circles or something. There was, like, the triangles, the squares. I was in the circles. (laughs) Um, Proudly a circle. I'm a proud circle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. um, And at my little primary school, I mean, uh, a lot of the 
teacher there didn't really know how to deal with that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if it was something that they hadn't come across that much, which is a bit strange, or I don't know. Um, so I never really got the best support in school. Sorry, I'm rambling on about school, but but that's where I think my because I've struggled a lot with self confidence, um, and I think that's where it kind of began because that's when I kind of thought of myself as I guess like less of a person and. Um, that's where the mindset of, oh, everyone's better than me, smarter than me, prettier than me, stronger than me. That's where that kind of started. Um, and all the way through school, to be honest, like where I came from, there wasn't the best support. And like my parents were amazing. They just, they fought and fought and fought. fought like my mum would march into my head teacher's office like every single day. I was that kid like causing the problems because there wasn't that support. But they they fought for it and, and and did their best obviously um and I think I've just like grown up just to be like oh my god like it's it's okay like and as soon as you start speaking to people about it um I, I went off to Knightswood which I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> um and that's where like I found there was like a lot of people like me and and I think it does it's quite a lot of creative people um, that can have things like uh, dyslexia, dyscalculia, cal- 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 um, yeah, <laughs> I can't even say it, sorry, I'm dyslexic. <laughs> um, yeah, that's when I was like, oh, it's fine, like, it's a cool little thing, it's a little quirk about me. Um, so just growing up, um, I just kind of accepted it, and I was like, yeah, cool, and started slagging myself off about it, like, if I would do something silly, I'd be like, oh, I'm just dyslexic. Yeah, yeah idiot that I am you know <laughs> um and I just learned to laugh at myself a bit more and even though it still stresses me out um I just have I just grown to kind of deal with it and I think that's through just like talking to people so dyslexia is very much something which is now supported in the arts is this something which still affects your mental health or not um Yes and no, sometimes, not drastically. Um, there, There is a lot of support for it, though, because you, you can go into an audition and just, just say you've you've been given sides to learn for, like, a scene. I don't know if I've ever gone in and, and said, oh, I'm dyslexic, I need a bit more time, because I feel like I've found ways in myself to help myself and, and deal with it. My mum's always like, have you told them you're dyslexic? <laughs> like, she tells me to do that all the time. But I'm like, I will when I really feel like I need to. I think I've just learned ways to kind of, like, deal with it myself. Um, I have been to a couple editions, actually, where they've actually had options of having, like, different coloured paper which is, is good and helps. It doesn't really help me much, but it help, I know it helps a lot of other people. Um, and yeah, it's something that if you bring up and you say, I'm going to need a bit of extra time, then you would think hopefully um, they would appreciate that. And I think and I think they would. Um, yeah, so I don't think dyslexia affects my mental health right now I think it certainly did growing up and it was yeah. it was quite a big part of it I think I've I've learned to kind of deal with it and uh, get over it now um but it certainly gave me a lot of stress during the 
one of the hardest times like growing up going through puberty that's when it stressed me out the most and I think um I've found a way of kind of dealing with it um yeah, yeah, yeah. and not being too hard on myself yeah. how did you feel with just um zooming back to the school days how did you find it you know maybe want wanting to go into a creative career um knowing I've got these struggles because for me as a kid when I was like I want to be a dancer and I was this 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 discalcic and I always felt like I was a bit judged and that people had a certain opinion of me or she can't tell the time or or she goes to be a dancer and I feel like although that's kind of changed over the years I think there's still very much a thing that creatives it's not classed as a real job and I seen something on Facebook and Twitter I think it was and it was leaflets and it had a child um on on the front cover and it said oh what did it say it was something ridiculous like initially wanted to be an actress and now they're an engineer and there was another one that was wanted to be a ballerina and now they're accountants and and it was like what are you trying to prove like and it was like we we all have degrees diplomas we still have to do dissertations if you go to on to do a degree you still have to do a lot of work to do a diploma um and it, and it is it is a real job like people make a living out of it and I know it's hard I know you don't graduate and go straight into a nine-to-five job for the rest of your life and get a lot of money but it still very much is a real job and um, how was it for you um struggling with dyslexia and dyscalcia and but still having a passion for you know you've you, you've always wanted to do this from a young age it didn't define you so what was that like yeah for me um at school a bit of a nightmare because I think I think it was primary like four um it was like a dress up as your as what you want to be when you're older and obviously I I waltz in with my feather bow and my sunglasses obviously (laughs) I want to be a famous actress that was my thing um and all the other kids like doctors like um I mean there was a fair selection but I think like I think back to like what the teachers must have thought when when I waltzed in like that. Like, there's no way that they were like, "Yeah, she's gonna do this career." And be like, yeah. she's like, "Bless her!" Like, oh, she's in the circles. <laughs> she she can't do this. She can't do that. Like, yeah, put a feather bow on. <laughs> You'll make something of yourself. Yeah. Um. There wasn't much in in. In my high school and primary school, there wasn't drama as a subject. Um, only when I was leaving high school was there a kind of dance-ish. But, I mean, um, it's, it wasn't really a, a thing apart from... Yeah, so that was, my, that was my school life. But whereas at home, obviously, as you know, like my mum owns a dance school. So I've grown up with that kind of world. So it was like two worlds and that's, that's where it was so difficult for me going from home and then to school when I was at home I could completely be myself I used to dance every night and do drama classes and stuff and then I'd go to school and it was just like I was like nothing Mm. um like you said made to feel stupid made to feel a bit shit um and those yeah I saw though I saw that Facebook post with the with the leaflets it made me so angry because like as if it's like in this day and age there's still stuff like that like 
that's where there's issues. There'll be kids that if they've seen that, like, it's just, it's just, just shit. Like how it's not um, regarded as an actual, like, realistic career. Um, and, and we work so fucking hard, so like. Hard. Um, yeah, if, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I hated school. I went to school and I just thought school's school. Like, it's okay to hate it. Mm-hmm. But I guess when it gets to high school and, and you're still hating going every single day, that's when it was a bit of a struggle. Um then that's when I was like, I'm going to leave and go to Nightwood. <laughs> and then I met you and I was like, yeah. No, but I think it's so important that, you know, that obviously I'm out of that, I've been out of that whole education side for a while, but I remember being so badly bullied at school because I was so different and that forced me to leave and there was no support. There was no support there for that. And I think, I mean, like, look at Stephen Fry and Emma Thompson. She's the one that was Nanny McPhee, right? Yeah, they always, they both went to Cambridge. They're very intellectual humans. I mean, I'm never going to go to Cambridge. But these are two great, amazing creatives. Like, why why are we as a whole viewed as less educated? I mean, that's me just having an opinion from my experiences. Some, something I just remembered, actually. I used to... Um, so, obviously, I went up to high school and they were aware of that I was dyslexic blah 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 and it got to exams and because my parents fought um to get me extra time in exams because that's what I needed um it was like I was taken out into like a little room for myself which is fine like great for my brain I can just concentrate and I often found they would put me in a room and next door there would be like a, a music class going on or something and so you've got um piano bashing away violins or or next to like a tech a tech room and it's like um they're chopping wood or whatever they do in tech who knows and like it would always be like a bit of a shit little room or it would smell or it was was just like and it just made me feel like the the special kid that just had to sit in this it was like a naughty room like just because I needed extra time and um uh, the thing I wish my mum was here she remembers so much more than me about my <laughs> school life um yeah I would come home from from exams and be like I still didn't get it finished because there was this there was this guy like right outside like cutting the grass for ages and and I get so distracted yeah. um uh, so my mum and she goes again <laughs> marching into the head teacher I remember that always getting put in just like shitty rooms one time I was doing a, a music exam actually and um they sent uh they sent a, a little little shit from first year um what's that year I don't in England in England it's like oh, year, yeah. one? year one oh, I don't what's know the age group? um like, like 12 like 12. your first year of high school yeah um a little shit like a little naughty boy he had to come and sit in my room with a teacher while I was doing an exam and that was his punishment to sit in that room and I was like are you joking like <laughs> I'm doing an exam yeah. um yeah it's just stuff like that I remember but I think the rest of it, I've blocked it out because yeah. I hated it so much I think it's so important like brain development and I think that's where a lot of mental health issues come from is your the experience you've experienced as a as a child because it's traumatic like I remember as well like 
having to take extra time in a maths exam and, and people being like, oh, she's so stupid, she needs extra time. Yeah. And it's like, well... Or, or, or why does she get the privileges? Why is she so lucky yeah. that she gets extra time? We should all get extra time. That kind it's, of thing, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But mental health-wise, dyslexia, dyscalcia, you're on top now, right? I'm in control. Woohoo! <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Um, and what advice would you give to someone um because as well like dyslexia and dyscalcia can be diagnosed really really late on as well as dyspraxia all the many forms what advice would you give to someone that severely struggles struggles or maybe has just been diagnosed Mm -hmm. um accept the help you need like don't be embarrassed if you need a scribe you need a scribe if you need extra time that's what you got to do like uh, remember you're not stupid your brain just works differently and and you have to work twice as hard like a dyslexic brain or dyscalculus you have to work twice as hard because you've got all these other distractions and, and stuff going on my mum always used to tell me that just remember like when you're falling behind you have to work twice as hard as your as your friends like and there's so many people that that have it as well yeah. and you're not different you're unique yeah. and it's I think it's a very much creative thing as well like yeah. A We're very a lot of creatives have it, and you actually when you went to Knightswood, you created an award, oh, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> well, I don't create it. I got given, given the award. It. Sorry, she got I given the award. And Karis, what was this award called? Um, it was called um MT Sex Lexic, because obviously I'm really sexy <laughs> <laughs> and um very dyslexic. Amazing. My very own award. I love it. It was an important award. Um, so, Karis, I always remember you being so open about how you were feeling. For those of you that don't know, Karis was the year above me at the Dance School Scotland, as well as Italia Conti. Basically, I just stalked her. Um, um, what made you so open about your feelings from the get-go? I remember just, you know, being totally lost and, you know, being surrounded by people who were always putting on a brave face and I could always go to you and just be like, Karis, this has happened and we could just have a nice blether. Like you were always just so open about not being okay. Um, where did that where did that come from? I think at, at the dance school at Knightswood, we were all so close. We're all such a family that we would all I'm such drama queens, obviously. I think it was such a good place for that kind of thing. Like we would all talk about when we felt shit, when we blah blah blah. Um and it was a lot of fun a lot of the time. Um and and hard, um, but we were all so close that we could all just talk about it that it wasn't even a, a huge thing, I think. Um, when I got, when I went down to London, moving down at 18 by yourself, because there was no one who I knew that was starting my year, my college, I my first year was very hard for me because I didn't feel like I had anyone really to speak to properly. Obviously, I was making friends, but I, I take a while to kind of get close to people, and that's when I can kind of open up. So I I just remember how, like, shit I, I would feel, and, and I would load it all onto my parents. Like, I'm very close to my family, so I'll just, I'll tell them anything and everything, basically. So I remember, like, crying nights and 
and unloading it all to them. And then obviously I would feel better because I've unloaded. We'd go off the phone and then obviously they would feel horrendous because they'd have all my baggage and stuff from college. And it got to a point where I was like, I can't, it's so so selfish of me to keep doing it to my parents. Like, obviously I had other friends like out with my college, but they were all, most of them were all starting at their college and it was so exciting. and, And there was a time I remember that we would all kind of pretend to each other that we're all having a great time and no one would want to say actually like I'm having a bit of a shit day like this class isn't so good blah 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 um and I think after first year I got really tired of just pretending to other people that it was okay and putting on a brave face and so I think there was just a point where I was like nah I'm not doing that anymore and so I guess like when you came and and you were maybe going through all the stuff that I was probably going through in first year it was just so nice to talk to you about it because you would probably make me feel better and I would probably make you feel better and then I think just yeah I've just realized it's just it is so much better when you can just openly talk about things to people I'm I'm never really ashamed of how I'm feeling because like we're human everyone goes through shit times and good times and like I'm so not about the bullshit like so not about it and I think that's the whole thing as well that for me I very much painted a picture of what London was going to be like and going to drama school and it was going to be amazing and then you know when I got there and I was like oh I'm all alone all right okay it's it's hard drama school's hard and then I'd speak to friends that you know were at dream schools that I wanted to get into and they were maybe putting on a brave face too, saying, yeah, it's great, it's great. And I was like, yeah, my drama school's great, great too. I feel great. But deep in, deep down inside, I just wasn't having a good time. So it was masking it and masking it until I think it was actually in second year. I remember speaking to my, um, my good friend who was at an amazing school and them just going, it's really, really hard. Like, I'm really struggling. And I think that was the point I was like, everyone goes through the same regardless of what drama school you go to and I think honesty is just the best policy like how you're feeling um how has that affected you then from that point on when you were like okay I'm fed up putting on a brave face how has that developed you as a person and how has that developed your mental health well I think like especially being out in the industry I've like obviously had um highs and lows as as everyone does um, and there probably was some times where I would just try and pretend like, because it's, it's scary, it's a scary thing just admitting I'm actually feeling really low right now. Like I've just ate a whole big multi-pack of um, Walker's crisps. Like, I mean, you might take that out, that doesn't seem. Um, no, I eat sensations all to myself all the time. <laughs> um, or, or you've just ate a whole t- tub of Nutella with a spoon. Um, or Lotus Biscuit Spread. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. On waffles oh. as well. Yeah. Um yeah. Where where are we? <laughs> Back um, to the point. Um yes. So it is just exhausting to keep all that in and to pretend to everyone you're fine. It just tires me out. Like I get exhausted and and it just gets too much and I get really tense and probably ill. Um I've just realised, like, it's just so much easier just to be honest with with people around you that, that that love you and will support you. And if they don't, then they they shouldn't really be in your life. Um, 
but as soon as you open up they they'll open up themselves and you'll all have a cry and then you'll all have a laugh and, and then you'll feel better and then life goes on um I realize it's so not as easy for a lot of people like it it's it's very hard um I just find it very beneficial just to open up now to people yeah. and be honest and it makes me feel better and and m- helps me laugh at situations realize everyone's in the same boat and why do you think mental health is not discussed enough um i mean i'm no expert at all but i think it's because it's a scary thing um it's it's very vulnerable um there's there's not a kind of cure i guess if you break your um, if you break your arm, it goes in a cast. Um, but for for mental health, it's not a thing you can kind of see, and sometimes you, you wouldn't tell if someone's struggling. You wouldn't be able to tell because it's not a physical thing you can see. It's kind of like um, I guess a unicorn. Like you, you would only believe a unicorn is real <laughs> when you see it. <laughs> Like, I'm never going to believe a unicorn is real until I see one. So maybe mental health's a bit like that. You can't actually see it. So a lot of people think, oh, she's just grumpy. She's just she's <laughs> yeah. just tired today. Do you know what I mean? Um, me, yeah. Um, and I also, I do, it's hard because I've, I've, I've felt very low at times. But then I kind of shout at myself and I get annoyed at myself because I'm like, there are people that are much worse than you. Like, there's an ac- there's actual depression. Like, you're fine. Like, get a grip of yourself and stuff. And that's so not healthy. Like, I'm like telling myself off for being sad when really it's like, no, I am struggling today and that's okay. So I guess, yeah, I guess that's why it's not spoken about. It's, it's, it's a scary thing. Yeah. And maybe a lot of people don't want to admit when... That, that, that they feel like that um I don't ever want to come across like that sad boring person so sometimes it's just easier just to laugh at jokes that you don't actually find funny yeah. um and then actual fact that makes that always makes me feel worse when I have to force myself to laugh at mm-hmm. someone or laugh at something that I do not find funny yeah. um yeah I think it's a scary thing and it's only I guess like as far as I know like a new thing that people are talking about it and that's why what you guys are doing is like such an amazing thing um and especially in this industry because it's, it's a cray cray yeah, yeah. crazy world yeah yeah and i think i was speaking about it to someone today and i said why is mental health not drilled into like going back to school why is it not spoke about to young kids you're taught oh yeah this is happy this is sad um why is it not brought up in a really kind of gentle light light to light um it's such a young age for people to be like okay this is fine this is how we are as humans like we all we all struggle and I know some people don't don't massively struggle from it um I know that um but why why is it like kind of like shaded away um yeah it's it's a so it's a it's a really tricky one and even like the other day um I was having a real lazy day and 
really quite quite low I was a bit injured I was feeling a bit sorry for myself and I got up and I got dressed and I felt so proud of myself just walking down the street to Tesco to get some food to come back to my flat and eat all of it by myself but that's an achievement some days and I think that's so important like you don't have to run a marathon every single day you can do little bits and be proud of yourself and it's okay to sit in bed all day when it's a nice day outside it's totally fine um do you think that mental health is something that you develop and come to terms with over time and as you get older um for me because I, I can't speak for everyone I think like it's a very obviously personal mm. thing um for me yeah I'm I, I've only recently realized that yeah no yeah I, I, I do struggle I'm an adult now like I'm not just crying because I didn't I wasn't allowed some ice cream like I am um, I have things that make me feel sad and I have things that make me feel happy and then things that make me feel angry and I need to just allow myself to feel those things and not be so I'm I'm quite hard on myself um I always beat myself up um and I have to kind of like tune back into myself and tell myself off and be like no it's okay like stop it like stop beating yourself up you're fine you're allowed to feel like this it will pass mm-hmm. um so I've in my own in my own little way I've I've learned to kind of deal with it and I think that is just growing as a human growing. yes um so just going back to college while you were in your final year at drama school you got some devastating news from back home in Scotland what was the coping mechanism that you used to get through your final year whilst dealing with such a tough time in your life? Um, yeah, it was like the last couple of months of third year and it was like quite a hard time. Like Showcase had just finished and we were all getting to grips with like agent life and whatever. And we were in rehearsals for our summer show that, that happens every year at our college, as you know. Um, so it was pretty full on. I was doing a, I was quite busy. Um, and then, and then, yeah, my my mum had got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, so, which was obviously, um, shock. Um, and then I think like, I just we just took each day as it came. Really, um, I didn't really know much about it, but um, like basically, my mum was amazing and she would kind of be very matter of fact she'd be like no this is happening and then I'm gonna do this and then blah 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 so she 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 just kept me going my whole family kept me going I was um I was quite busy so I just kept going into college and kept doing the rehearsals and I mean I didn't really talk about it to anyone I don't should I should I have had I don't know should I've should I've spoken to teachers so that they would give me slack I don't know I'm not really I'm not really like that I just kind of get on with things um and I don't know at that time and place I don't know if that would have helped actually Mm -hmm. um I don't know it's so hard to kind of remember it seems like a bit of a blur but it was just like a new thing to deal with and I just thought I just need to get out of college and then go home for a bit and then get on with things but um um for me it was it was just it was my family that kept me going how was your mental health during that time if you don't mind me asking I know you got 
offered a job and you turned it down to go back home to be with family like to the people that listen and this is why she's one of my inspirations because she's so amazing she you know done a showcase she's making funny faces at me um you know no but she done she you you done a showcase out of it you done like third year shows you know like battle getting an agent um additions like you graduated all like stayed in London away from your family whilst this thing was happening and that I guess like you could potentially lose amazing women in your life so what what was your mental health like during that and then how was it when your mum got the all clear um it was it was hard like I went I went home for a bit and um it's crazy because the treatment for these sort of things is often what what makes um what makes the person kind of worse which is crazy but everything was going really well like um they caught it very early and so it, it was fine we, we, we just like went through it bit by bit so it was the operation first and then it was the radio and then the chemo and then the jags and we just all as a family just we're so close anyway but we just kind of stuck together in that way but then at the same time I was down here and I still feel a little bit of guilt about that because I feel like I was down here like doing me auditioning and and there was loads of times where I was like I shouldn't I shouldn't be down here I should be at home like helping out looking after but then again at the time like my parents didn't want that they wanted me down because everything was fine like it was going everything yeah um and then yeah there was there was a job that I was that I got offered to go and do um and that meant being abroad for like a good six months or something um yeah I I turned it down I wanted to be at home that Christmas and I'm glad I was yeah it was a it was a very hard time but I couldn't have done it without my family mm-hmm. and uh, my friends around me. Um, it's crazy because I I recently asked my mum um because she's she's fabulous now, um all the treatment uh worked and I remember asking her recently like when when actually was it that you got the all clearly like, I don't remember it being a, a final thing, and she was like you don't get it until three three years after. So she's still going for a three month checkup of every mm. every three months. <laughs> um so it's yeah, I mean she's fabulous, um she's great, superhero mum. Um but there's still obviously the odd time where she goes for a checkup and and it's yeah, there's still a bit of me that's terrified, but she um she's such a positive woman and and she's my hero and um she just makes everything better so yeah there's there's um always the kind of worry there but it's not hanging over our heads like yeah is there anything this might sound a bit of a weird question to ask but is there anything beneficial in a horrendous thing like that to happen in your life that you know benefits your brain benefits you as a person is there anything you know good mentally that comes out of going through 
something like that. I will never take anyone I love for granted ever. Um, so there's that to always remember. Like even if I'm a bit snappy with someone, like it's, it's life's too short. So, um, I don't take things for granted that are amazing and that I love. So there's that. Um, I guess, I guess I'm a stronger person. Um. Um, so what advice um, would you give to someone that's maybe going through a similar situation to you? Um, if it's similar to me, um, you just do you just do one day at a time and um, don't overthink, don't worry, don't panic until you know the details. Um, and a positive mental attitude is so important and that's like huge coming from me because I can be like... I'm not always the most positive person. Like, I'm a moany shit sometimes. But it is so, so important and it just works. So, if you can, it's so hard. But positive thoughts and, yeah, positive vibes. You're amazing, Karis. You're amazing. Um, So, you have now been in the industry for the last three years. Um, you have done some wonderful jobs from Soho Cinders, um, at the Union Theatre, to filming Mamma Mia 2. Um, loads and loads of short films, and you're a company dancer for Soul Dance Company. Despite all this, you have suffered from, I mean, I go through it as well, the yo-yo effect of constantly feeling up and down, you know, one day is a good day, the next day you feel depressed as shit. And I guess the hard part is with feeling constantly up and down that, you know, it's I don't think it's a diagnosis. I think it's just mental health in general. Um, just talk us through why you personally felt constantly so up and down. Oh, um, I guess it's just... I mean, they tell you. They tell you at drama school, it is really hard when you get out there. And, like, they do warn you, but I think everyone's the same. You always have in the back of your head, like, yeah, like, but I'm gonna be okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be fine, sure. And as well, they say it's gonna be so hard out there. Yet, where's all the support and advice yeah. that I need for when I do get out there? Yeah, no, that's true. You're so right. Um, yeah. So, I think yeah. Every I've spoke to so many people, and everyone's the exact same. You think no, but I'm gonna be the one that like really like does it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you get out, and you really do have a shock, like. I finished college and I, I was so glad to finish because I, I was just like, it's, it's so time to leave. Um, I was done. Um, and I had like a good couple of months and I felt so free and I was like, I can do what I want. And then like, then it hit me. I was like, shit. Um, I think it's like up and down because like one day you could be doing an audition and get through loads of rounds and just be like living your best life, getting really close. And then maybe you don't hear from that job and the day after you've done that audition and you feel like you've slayed and like they buzz off you. The next day you're working in a pub and you're pulling pints for mm. men. Like, um, So you go from potentially like living your best life to then maybe, a, I mean, some people love working in a pub, but this when I worked in a pub, I hated it. So... I was very low going from one extreme to the other. That was a bit of a shock for me. 
and then maybe you'd get a little job like um I did a little music video that was like loads of fun and it was literally like two days rehearsing one day shooting um and then like the day after that I was just sitting on my couch like eating doing nothing and it's like when you have like a stable job you just know your routine like you get up at a certain time you have your breakfast you go to work you do this and then but in this industry every day is different which is also very exciting but sometimes like really terrifying like Mm -hmm. and and I've had like weeks where I've had nothing in my diary and I've been like what am I gonna do with my time like oh yeah I go to the gym so much fun like (laughs) um so yeah I guess that's why it's up and down um how did you cope with your mental health during your lowest moments Mm. I ate a lot of good, fatty, shitty food. What was your favourite dish throughout this time? <laughs> um, oh, there's so many. There still is many. Like, I eat so much. <laughs> I just love food. Um, oh, go and get a McDonald's, KFC. So my favourite thing to do, and you actually inspired me, when you get caught from an, from an addition in Covent Garden, pineapple, yeah. and you go to that little steak place and you queue up, Oh, yeah. And then you go in for a nice steak, and then you feel great about yourself. Yeah, that that's a that's a like a bougie cut from an addition. Yeah. So that's like when when you get cut, but you still you still feel like you deserve something great. So you go to Fat Iron and yeah. and you yeah. queue for about ten hours, and then yeah. you finally get that steak. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that that makes life better. <laughs> um, yeah, I coped and by watching a lot of. TV, watching films that I wanted to watch. Like, I I can be very lazy sometimes. If I would just want to sit on the couch and watch movies all day, I'll do it because it makes mm-hmm. me happy. But I had a, f- a lot of days like that. And, and although it's, it's good at the time, you wake up on a Sunday and you're like, every day I've watched Netflix and it, Burger King. Um, and that's okay. That is okay. But, I mean, when it's five weeks in a row, probably not the one. Um... And then there was obviously, I would talk to people like a lot, I think. I remember one edition actually. Um, I had just seen my one of my best friends in this particular show and, and I was like, it's perfect for me. Like I need to be in it one, one day. And it was their editions coming up. So I managed to get myself in and literally get f- cut first rounds. And... And that was a low moment anyway. And I think I'd had so much rejection in that period of time. And I actually remember coming out of Pineapple and calling you behind Pineapple and literally couldn't even hold in the tears, like literally streaming down my face. And I'm surprised you even understood me. I remember being like, where are you? Like, where are you? I need you. I just can't do it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. All that stuff. And you literally came and like dropped everything and came and met me for a coffee and like I cried and you like, chatted to me and made me feel so much better and I remember I've so many times I've said what am I doing with my life like why is my life such a mess I've said that so many times I'm so bored of me saying it um and it's just so much and oh another thing that helps me actually if if no one's around to kind of talk to um I'll write a lot of stuff down um and I think it was one of my teachers at college that, that said that kind of helps um obviously as I said before I beat myself up a lot I'm quite a perfectionist so if I go in and do an addition and maybe crack on a note or 
feel like I've done a shit job I'll literally beat myself up and it's just too much from from my mind um that getting it out on paper I mean it might not sound like a great thing to do but writing all this horrible shit that I I feel about myself down on a piece of paper until I've got it all out and then I either keep it or put it in a bin like sometimes I've kept some awful stuff I've said about myself just to look back and be like wow that was Mm -hmm. a dark time and look at you now or or you were feeling that then and you're feeling it now like um that helped me a lot just just writing Mm -hmm. loads of yeah all the bad stuff in your head get it out just Mm -hmm. get it out somewhere or another cry cry write it write it down um sing sing on my own (laughs) sing i dreamed a dream in the shower sitting down like you're in a music video with the the tears and the rain falling over your naked body (laughs) letting that letting the shower wash away your tears your mascara halfway down your face and it's a performance you're performing in the shower exactly i would get an oscar for my shower performances i'm telling you right now yeah all that all those bits and pieces and yeah yeah but yeah, and I think that is so important, you know, to to always have that one person, even if it's just one person that you can phone up and call and say, I'm feeling like shit, my life is a mess, what am I doing, what is my purpose, for them to be like, okay, here's everything why, then going home and going, right, okay, my brain's a mess, it's scrambled, writing everything down, getting it all out, burning it, you know, keep it, whatever you want to do, and I think, I think you just now I think we all learn these things as we go along but hopefully yeah we learn what help what helps and hopefully by putting this podcast out there people will take advice and you know not have to find out the really really hard way but obviously you know talk talk about it so as we just mentioned um this was constant for three years you'd get an amazing job and then it'd be short contract and then plummet back down I've been there we've all been there in this industry what kept you constantly going and constantly fighting well I've always like had moments where I'm like how can I like I can't really do this anymore but I've never actually had any proper moment of no I'm going to quit and I'm going to do this because I literally can't do anything else like (laughs) it, it obviously like this is what I need to do yeah. because I want to. But like on the other hand, like at, at school they would say have a plan B, have a plan B. Well, I couldn't even think of a plan B because I literally cannot do anything else. Like I'm just useless at everything. <laughs> well, I well yeah. Um, no. Um, I don't know. I just I'm not one to give up. I'm I'm a fighter, and if it's what I want, I will get it. Like. <laughs> it's fine if I don't want it anymore then that's fine like I'll have a think about what I do want and try for that but right now I want to do this Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna do it and I just kept saying to myself it has to happen and you and you yourself must believe it's gonna happen otherwise you wouldn't Mm -hmm. keep putting yourself through this yeah no I just kept saying to myself it will happen otherwise like you know it's gonna happen otherwise you would have changed you would have gave up by now and, and gone another uh, path so I was like it is gonna happen it's gonna happen um and obviously having so many people supporting me around me telling me no like you're you're great like it's gonna happen for you keep going 
all the perseverance perseverance yes all my all my lovely people that have supported me like I couldn't have done it without them oh I feel like I'm actually accepting an Oscar right now <laughs> I couldn't have done it without <laughs> not yet <laughs> no but it's true you have to just keep going I think you know we all do this because we love it we all have a passion and would you say keep going is the key was it is it worth it yeah I mean for me there's there there is no greater feeling than <laughs> As cheesy as it sounds, there's no greater feeling than standing on that stage, is there, with an audience like clapping you or, or seeing, a little, seeing you on on the telly or on a little film. Like, for me, there is no greater. I don't get any. There's nothing, that compares yeah. to it for me. So I'm like, I'm a I'm a fight for, to get that feeling yeah. more. What was your biggest kind of mental demon throughout this whole time? I think just having those nasty thoughts at the back of my head self-doubt that would be there and be like nah but what if you actually can't do this but what if you didn't get that job because you're actually shit and like people are lying to you and pretending to you that you're good (laughs) like just having the little demon in my head that was hard and having to shut that person off and I'm that annoying person that if I get a compliment I'm like oh no no really did you did, no but like be honest did you actually think that was good like like I'm that person and always kind of have to have a bit of um what's the word like reassurance mm-hmm. which I hate that about myself I wish I could just be that person that just goes up does something and just goes no that was fine that was great I'm always like oh was it good though can someone tell me or do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. uh yeah have having those having those demons um, it's always hard when it's out of your control as well like when you just can't get in the room for something you think you're perfect for when it's out of your control that's what that's when I find it so frustrating yeah of course <clears throat> was there ever a point throughout the last three years that you thought right I need a break every time I spoke to you you were you know despite constantly feeling so up and down you were always so hungry and um, you were the girl who would fly back from holidays constantly from auditions. You know, you would travel to Scotland, go everywhere for auditions. Why did you never give yourself a break? And what do you think is the importance of having a break from the industry? It's so important to just go away and, and let your body and mind reset. Because, again, we are human. We We need to just chill (laughs) um I think I think I which is actually quite bad because I feel like I've not achieved what I I think I just felt like I didn't deserve a break as awful as that is I think I would maybe look at where others are around me and be like, I'm not there yet, um, so I don't really deserve to go away for a long period of time and like I have to stay and work and, and uh, keep going because I don't, like, I don't deserve that break, which is horrible, like, I do deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because I also felt like I would have days on the couch, like, watching Netflix, so it would be like, 
I'm not doing, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing anything anyway, do you know what I mean? But actually ha- stepping back and maybe saying to my agent, these dates I'm out, like, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I've never been like, don't tell me about an audition during this period of time because I'm, like, phone's off, I'm gone. Obviously, if I've gone, I've, I'm not saying I've not went on holiday, of course I have, but if I've gone home for a bit or if I've gone on holiday, I've, I've said the dates, but obviously been like, anything pops up, let me know. And, like, typical, like, every time I, I go away on holiday, I get an addition, so I have to fly back and spend loads of money. Um, so it's so important to give yourself a break and a rest. Um, yeah. yeah. Self-care is key. So what do you do to escape this crazy industry and heal your brain? Eat. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Eat, sleep, rave. I go home up to Scotland because it's so beautiful and I always, always feel more relaxed at home. And if I feel like I've lost myself a little bit in London, coming home kind of makes me come back into myself uh spending time with my friends and family um is probably the the best thing for me to do the most important thing um my parents are jammy they have a little flat in spain so i often just shimmy on over there (laughs) um so if you do want a nice deal and go to spain contact caris on social media (laughs) you have to be cool though you have to have good bands um yeah so that's what i do um so do you think that's the key then just finding the little thing that makes you kind of relax, reconnect with yourself, going away and doing it and then coming back. Yeah, finding the things that that make you happy. Do it. Yeah. Don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, after three years in this very tough industry, no long contract jobs, five years of professional training and constantly feeling up and down, you have just secured the most wonderful long contract job in Cabaret with um, Frankfurt Theatre? English Theatre Frankfurt. English Theatre Frankfurt. Yeah, I got it. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round the wrong way. Cabaret English Theatre Frankfurt, which is amazing. And you soon go off to Germany for six months, is it? Longer? Yeah. Yeah, so you've got a good, amazing job. Um. Obviously, having been through what you've been through the last three years, you're going to go away, you're going to enjoy every single moment. But how do you anticipate to look after your mental health once you come back? What would change for you, do you think? Um, mm. Do you know, I'd love to say that I will come back and be very positive and um, proactive and get in the door for as many additions as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think when I come back, it's probably going to be the same things that I'm going to go through because I I think that's just the nature of the beast. It's always kind of going to be up and down. Um, possibly just hopefully for shorter periods of time, mm-hmm. I'd like to think. Um, uh, I guess just, I'm just going to really just work hard and enjoy what I'm doing like when I'm away like I'm just gonna enjoy the moment and 
obviously when I get back I want to get cracking and try and go on to the next kind of thing that I can um but again I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna miss my family so I'll probably go home and see them and my friends and let myself just have a little bit of a break um do the things I want to do that make me happy but then also try and keep my head in the game and look for what's next and I hope something comes along yeah I'm sure it will because you're amazing um and how how do you think you'll take care of yourself whilst you are away you know you're going away for such a long time to Germany you know leaving your home leaving your friends leaving your family in Scotland um how are you going to look after your mental health while you're away? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what it's going to be like. I I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I hope it is. Um, I think I'm going to have an amazing time and probably do some amazing things and eat some new amazing food and hopefully come back speaking German, fluent German. <laughs> But obviously it's going to be hard. I'm going to be uh, homesick, probably London sick, which is crazy. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens when I get there. I'm just going to try and not take what I'm doing for granted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And keep being honest. And keep being honest and keep talking. And I will be listening to Industry Minds (laughs) podcasts every week. Oh, thank you for the plug. Um, So... Second last question. How are you feeling mentally just now, Karis? Mm, um, I feel good. Like, yeah, I feel good. Isn't it strange? Like When I'm in a good mood and I'm happy, I have less words to describe it. Yeah. When I feel low and shit, I'm like, I hate my life. Yeah. My life's a mess. I'm a riot. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a disaster. But when I'm... I guess you don't really focus in on... Oh, I've yeah. just realised this. <gasps> is that an epiphany? Oh, is, that, is that the word? <laughs> Just for the listeners, it's very late at night. It's almost half past nine at night because Karis is in my house. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, yeah, isn't it crazy that when, when you actually feel good and happy, you don't really focus in on it as much? Yeah. Crazy. Um, this is something that we will explore for the future, Karis. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. When you're happy, you just kind of, life's a breeze. You let moments pass you by. But when you're having a bad day fucking hell I'm like Shrek coming out of my bathroom like giving my boyfriend a hard time you know phoning my mom like Aah! I'm like I'm like an ang- angry rhino yeah okay <laughs> I think we've gone crazy during this interview we've lost it absolutely lost it but yeah I feel good I feel good um content I'm content but um obviously I've, I've like just started rehearsal so I'm still like a bit like nervous like a little bit anxious every now and then so there's always obviously little things yeah yeah last question could you walk in to a room today be it friends colleagues rehearsal room whoever and say sorry lads I'm having a bad mental health day I think if if I felt it was necessary and important I I I think I could yeah Yeah. I think I could and I would like to believe anyone in that room would be there to support me and help me because I know if anyone 
came into the room and and I was there and 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 admitted that I I'd support that and mm. I'd listen to them always treat those how you would like to be treated so I think I could and and I believe that there would be a lot of support there for me amazing thank you so much Karis for coming on Industry Minds we're just going to play a very cheeky last game are you ready (laughs) Karis this is called finish the sentence yeah so women are incredible yeah we are my guilty pleasure is food my worst regret is food (laughs) (laughs) thought you were going to say something else there Never have I ever um, ran down the street fully naked. If I could be any animal, I would be a... <gasps> oh. A big bird. <laughs> <laughs> a big bird? What do you mean a big bird? Like a big juicy pigeon or... You know, like a big bird of prey. Oh, like an eagle. Yeah. <gasps> oh, gosh. <laughs> Watch out, folks. Caris the fucking eagle's about. <laughs> my vote... Oh, serious question. My most valuable possession is... My bed. <laughs> yeah, girl. So if there was a burning fire, you would save your bed. Absolutely. <laughs> In the future, I want to... Take over the world. Ooh. Interesting. Caris the eagle. Advice I would give myself a year ago would be... <sighs> you do you, boo. Oh. Yeah, girl. Kiaris, I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on Industry Minds. Um, it's been such a great interview and I hope all our listeners enjoy it and realise why I absolutely adore and stalk Kiaris Murray. Um, Thank you for listening. If you do want to be featured on the podcast or just have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can contact us via email, which is at industryminds at gmail.com. Um, or you can reach us on social media. Uh, we are at industryminds UK. Thank you so, so much for listening. Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. We just actually uh, would like to interrupt the end of your podcast as Karis Murray has something very, very, very important to say. My bottle says too fit to quit. Thank you and good night.